everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to This Week in Bitcoin, Super Spreading Bitcoin 2022. Today is February the 17th of 2022. Two strong and long-term thinking. There are no circuit breakers in Bitcoin. Solutions over sympathy. Innovation over interference. Buying over crying. All right, golden age of the 2020s. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. All of these three guys, they're in motion. This is where the big boys play. I'm offended by selling. Compete, don't complain. All right, this is going to be an exciting one. It's a Thursday because I'm on the road tomorrow. So you're getting a special Thursday edition Pound that like button, people, because whoo, Sam and Kyle are making their debuts on the show today. And Christian, of course, is back in the house. And we're going to talk about El Salvador, and, uh, the United States, Canada, all these governments got to speak their minds, all these acts. But first, this is the part of the show where I'm supposed to promote the awesome April 6th to 9th Bitcoin Magazine event bitcoin 2022 in miami florida and i'm supposed to read this uh, this thing that i got here and i'm gonna read it but actually i'm taking a detour and i'm starting with christian because christian freaking tweets out i i read all these guys i read everybody's twitter feed i treat them like web pages and i'm from christian he's telling me on his feed that jordan freaking peterson is gonna be at the miami event Tell us about this, please. I was I was in shock, Christian. What is going on here? Are you a Jordan Peterson fan? I I, I I'm I appreciate what he has brought to the table, and I appreciate. I listened to his interview with uh, Saifedean, uh when Saifedean was like orange pilling him. That was pretty darn cool. So he's a, he's a good guy. He's he's done good things for this world. I don't agree with him hundred percent on everything, but dude, what is up with that? I mean, you know, we are on a mission to bring in the biggest names in Bitcoin and to create the biggest, uh, you know, big tent event for everyone who could be interested in Bitcoin. So um, he was a obvious target as someone who we wanted to bring in and we got connected to his people. And, you know, he the timing was perfect. He was starting to get really interested in uh, Bitcoin. He was starting to interact with Bitcoin magazine articles and uh, he said yes. So. Really excited to have them, and we're going to have some really amazing content. Dudes, that's some insider information right there, because most of you guys are paying attention. This is a big, huge guest. This should convince some people that don't even like Bitcoin to come to the darn event. So it is, it's, you know, 30,000 people might be hanging out there. Who knows what it's going to be? So, yeah, Bitcoin 2022 is the largest Bitcoin event in the world. That takes place April 6th and 9th in Miami Beach. Oh, my Lord. All four days will be jam-packed with exclusive content, exciting announcements, and an incredible lineup of Bitcoin speakers, artists, and leaders. Day one is industry day for enterprising Bitcoiners who are looking to build a business or career within the ecosystem. Days two and three are general conference days featuring speakers like El Salvador El Presidente, Naib Bukele, who has, hey, he's been in the news lately, who has promised a big surprise. Christian, what is this big surprise? What, I mean, give, give me a hint. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's above my pay grade. They, don't, they, don't tell, they do not tell me those details. They don't tell even they don't tell you that and you were up no, there. Man. Whoa, whoa! They're going to be CEOs like Michael Saylor, Elizabeth Stark, Jack Mallers, Adam Beck, and hundreds more. The conference caps off on the fourth day with the world's first and largest Bitcoin music festival, Sound Money Fest, headlined by rapper and fellow Bitcoiner Logic Steve Akoy. You know, I, I just read. Aoki. Well, you know, I, I can't pronounce his name. I'm from Baltimore. I can't pronounce a darn thing. But I've got a lovely accent, don't I? But didn't he just admit that he made more money on NFTs than he ever has in music or something like this? Mm-hmm. Was he the one who – seriously? No, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, so there's all sorts of people that are going to be there. There's some other artists that are going to be there. I, I can't pronounce their names either. All of the artists got paid in Bitcoin. And what they're there to do is to entertain Bitcoiners. So uh, we told them if you talk about shit coins or NFTs that to one strike policy. So 
Uh, you know, just go to the party, guys. <laughs> don't don't worry too much about Steve Aoki. Whoa, <laughs> there are some strict rules for these dudes that are getting paid in Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. All right. Getting so paid in Bitcoin, though. Last year's conference sold out, and this year's is all pace to be three times larger. And, dudes, we were super spreading all sorts of awesome stuff there last year. We're super spreading there. This year, it's going to be 30,000 people. Make sure you grab your tickets before it's too late. Visit b.tc slash conference to learn more. Pay your Bitcoin, but I don't do that. You know, I'm offended by some. To save and use promo code ADAM10 for 10% off. And I will see you in Miami and you can touch my hair. You can hug me. You can, well, I mean, it's- Adam gave me a hat last year. He gave me a hug, gave me a hat. Uh, oh, yeah, give me I, a shitcoin minimalist hat. Yes, I did. Yes, I, <laughs> I love seeing Christian in person. Tickets prices increase tomorrow. Tomorrow, apparently, they increase. So, like, get it now. Yeah, so, so, okay, I, I did the promo. Like, I, so, so some of you who don't like promos, you can fast forward through that if you're watching this taped or whatever. Uh, Sam, are you going to be there? Kyle, are you going to be there? What's what's up? Hell yeah, man. I'm very, very excited. Oh, uh, I do not currently have a ticket or plans to go, but we'll see what happens. Oh, come on. Got to get the Swan team to take you. All right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, All right, dude. So that's enough for the promo. I'm really – obviously, I'm very excited to have all these guests here. And we are going to – we talk about Jordan Peterson. That is – that's big news. There. That's good. He's getting on the Bitcoin. <laughs> Who would have imagined it a few years ago? So <laughs> – Ooh, we could talk about the Freedom Convoy. We could talk about the rumor that Biden is going to sign an executive order regulating crypto next week. This this is, I mean, this rumor has been going. But I mean, the main thing is that governments are interfering now and they're not. Pull your Bitcoin off exchange. Yeah, well, that's, I want to commend Bitcoin Benny up in Canada. All the guys up in Canada that some of us know and that, that helped, you know, debanking is becoming mainstream. Would, would you guys agree with that? Like some people think, oh, yeah, it's fine. They don't deserve a financial. No, 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 that's, you know, Bank of America should get, that guy's mean. He, they should get rid of his account. That, that's that's cool. They'll never do it to me. And, but in Canada, oh, they're bad guys. They, it's great that the, the, the Canadian banks, uh, that there's a state of emergency. You know, this is, this is normality now. It, it is, it is quite unbelievable what is going on. So, I mean, well, let's start with the, who wants to start off with their, their rant, their take on the Canadian situation here? Sam, Sam, you start off. All right. Yeah, I'll start. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty disturbing, but I'm not very surprised because, you know, this has been going on a long time where the banking system, you know, with Operation Choke Point, they basically uh, choke off, uh, you know, industries that they don't agree with from access to the banking industry. Actually, you know, Bitcoin, uh, the Bitcoin industry was subjected to that early on um, where they just couldn't get any banking partnerships. But now we're seeing it extended, uh, very politicized, this like weaponization of the financial system um, against anybody who's dissidents or goes against the, you know, political narrative um, is labeled terrorist uh, pretty easily nowadays. And then they're realizing that censorship resistance is pretty important, um, especially when you have all your money just in these bank accounts that can just be turned off like that. And so I think it was like really interesting uh, that there was like overreach of power by a uh, democracy, like a Canada is a pretty respected democracy. And if it could happen in Canada, it can happen anywhere. And so when they did that, now we're seeing uh, Canadians rush to the bank and try to withdraw money. And when you think about the fractional reserve system, and if that all happens at once, I mean, they should be shaking in their boots. So I think it's just a really interesting development and basically free marketing for censorship resistant money like Bitcoin. Yeah, well, the Canadians got to get on zero. Get rid of that freaking fiat. <laughs> you, you, this should this should wake you guys up, but it's not waking most of them up. But, you know, that's the thing. But most of them, it's it's it is it's great that it's waking uh, a lot of people up, Adam. I know you're uh, you're a pessimist, but um, I believe in people. The, it's waking people up for the eight, not the twenty percenters for the eighty percenters. I'm I'm a pessimist, and that pessimist is the wrong word. I, I don't like anything negative. I'm I'm a realist. <laughs> I think people would r- rather watch. Uh, you know, they would rather watch their pretty prime minister. They're more entertained by his good looks than uh, what he's actually saying. They're not listening to a a word that that, that dude says. But uh, there was something I wanted to read here. I mean, this is (laughs) – 
this is surreal. Federal government invokes the Emergencies Act for the first time ever in response to protests. I mean, this is this is Canada <laughs> living under a state of insane emergency. What is next? I mean, it's coming fast and furious. I, I'll tell you that. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect this in, in 2022. But good, good job for, for the truckers for triggering this situation, at least. Bring well, it- the thing is. And we're seeing like across the globe, there's these trucker movement now and governments are like dropping their laws before the truckers even land because they're seeing that once the truckers land, you're, it, it turns into a logistical nightmare trying to remove them because like these are big rigs and they're friends with all the people that can actually tow them. So it, uh, it, it does actually turn into a little bit of a conundrum. Well, I, I want to ask you, Christian, is this the biggest Bitcoin story of the year? It's one of them for sure, especially to the Western world. Um, mm. I mean, in the mm. year's just getting started, y'all. Like we're in February. This is month number two, so yeah. I think I think things are escalating quickly. Okay, let's get uh, let's get Kyle in, in here on this. Yeah, what you what Christian just said about the Western world is really important. I think. I mean, I think you know, over the years, like Bitcoin educators have always talked about how it's so easy to explain Bitcoin to people who live in Venezuela or in El Salvador or these places where they face this financial, you know, terrorism all the time in the form of inflation or, or anything else. And for the very first time, we're sort of seeing this leak into the Western world. And so like Sam said, I mean, it's just marketing for sound money. Like uh, when people realize that their, their bank accounts can be frozen and, and their labor and capital, everything they've ever stored can be taken from them. What do you say? Uh, you know, and I think what's important is like the tides turn quickly. Like people think that that uh, these people are wrong today, but in the future, who knows what they're going to say? It could be the people who are saying that the truckers are are wrong are the ones being censored and getting their their, their finances taken away. I mean, just financial censorship in general is not the way to go, and it's marketing for for Bitcoin and for sound money. Well, on that note, financial censorship will become easier for some soon. If you think GoFundMe stealing $9 million in crowdsourced funds from tens of thousands of people is bad, just wait until all our money is digitized through a central bank digital currency. All your money will be fully controlled by the state. (laughs) I'm bearish on on CBDCs, though, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Same. You're what? You're... I'm bare. I don't think that. I honestly don't think that they're going to ship. You don't think they're going to have you? You don't think they're going to be able to pull it off? That they're not. That Western countries aren't going to do a, their own Fed coins, each and every one of them. I think that uh, Tether is Tether and USDC and those stable coins are like you. Effectively, they're going to get usurped by the American federal uh, Fed. Uh, and they're going to kind of like absorb that into uh, the U.S. dollar system, and then everything else won't ship. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think that like uh, CBDCs never ship. Uh, we see hyper dollarization and then hyper Bitcoinization. I mean, I think China ships a CBDC. I think it's a lot easier for them to do it than the United States. I think it'd take years and years and years in Congress and, see, and- the U.S. is already there. They have Tether. Like they had market solutions because people want dollars. Mm-hmm. Wait a second, Christian, your theory is very interesting here. You're basically saying that our Fed coin kind of sort of exists already in a private form that the United States will somehow take over. Yeah, I mean, like all of these, all of these actors are already bending the knee to the U.S. big time. Tether hasn't fully bent the knee, like the well, no, the, the others are all regulated. They're all on a different sure. plane, but the. Sure. I mean, yeah, I, I really I think that the path of least resistance is the government takes over all the stable coins, the U.S. government. That's the U.S. CBDC. It's already globally distributed. And then Europe never ships anything. Dude, like dude. They get fucked by the dollar way before they can actually ship anything. Your theory, which makes sense that I could see something like that happen, goes to my theory that the United States dollar will always uh, be the world reserve currency in terms of fiat. I mean, that would empower the United States dollar so much among its, its peers. It's just like you said, there would be no need for a Euro a Fed coin at that point. They, they, they couldn't do it, really. And interesting. I, I didn't. I haven't heard that a theory yet there uh, of the uh, the other. Talk to Ansel Lindermore. 
Yeah, I, I, I guess I got to, uh, you know, I haven't seen him since uh, since Miami, since uh, since last year. You can see guys like meet him in person. I, yes. I, I, that was my first time meeting him in person, actually. He was in Miami. Nice that was the first time I met him in person, too. He's a he's, big dude. He's a big He's dude. the man. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, Bigger he's, than he's, me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to give the mic back to these guys. I just I just dropped my dollar thesis. So there you go. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of take uh, maybe a different approach to that. You know, there's like 83% of central banks currently doing projects on, on CBDCs. And I do see them just failing on delivering just because they're terrible at tech. And honestly, I'm worried about Bitcoin going way up and then rushing a product out or something and then it having like a critical bug in it. And then that would be catastrophic for a nation for their money be hacked, essentially. Um, but I don't think they can do it themselves. And I think they'll go to the private sector into these regulated stable coins and basically absorb them. But the question becomes, are they going to have the design of the CBDC be a token based CBDC where it maintains the privacy of stable coins? Or is it going to be an account-based CBDC tied to a digital identity uh, where they can deliver monetary policy uh, directly through that CBDC? So there's a little difference in design. Like, I think they will absorb a private stablecoin, but it's the design of the CBDC that's really uh, the question. I guess my question, Sam, is who is they? Are you talking about the Fed or are you talking about other? Because I think only the Fed can do that. I'm talking about the Fed. I'm talking about the Fed. Yeah, it's only the Fed that can do that. And I, yeah, who knows once they do it and take over, you know, public, uh, take over these private businesses. Um, yeah. Well, I wonder if like, you know, I don't know, would Jeremy, what would that deal even look like? Like, yeah, like the Fed just, would it be by law? Would it be like regulatory or would it be just like a... Maybe they just turn them all into banks. They're fully regulated. They have to hold X amount yeah. of treasuries and they're just a slave to the Fed now. Yeah, and, for sure. and and then everyone else can get licenses to issue tether too. Hmm. You know, like that's that's the path of least resistance. Yeah. All right, no, tether, CBDC, whatever, any of them. I think they just take yeah. them all. This uh, this absorption stuff, man. I had really I hadn't thought about it yet. Best freaking guest in the space. I bring you guys on this freaking point show. They make you think if you're paying attention to them and not just looking at their pretty faces. And all of us, all Europe is fucked, y'all. <laughs> all right, all right, so all right. Uh, sorry, oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's let me read you this quote The Ontario Provincial Police and Royal Canadian Mounted Police of the Mountie uh, ordered all regulated financial firms to cease facilitating any transactions from 34 crypto wallets tied to funding trucker led protests in the country. Okay, so there's they're basically saying, hey, these uh, it, it, don't don't convert these 34 addresses back in the fiat. One thing, there's a lot of ways around that. First of all, um, you know, they, they could actually move the Bitcoin to another address and then, you know, try to convert into fiat. Um, I, I was trying to tell the truckers early on, you know, get your circular economy going here, dudes, accept Bitcoin and then pay other people in Bitcoin. Find lawyers because you're all going to need some lawyers uh, for a while that accept Bitcoin and, you know, don't. Don't have to, so th- I can see what the Canadian, the hor- horrifying Canadian government is is trying to do by this uh, blacklisting 34 addresses, uh, wallets, whatever they want to call it. Um, but there are definitely ways of getting around it. But the fact that they're doing this again, the authoritarianism, um, it, it's out there. So uh, do, do any of you guys want to comment on th- that aspect of this, the, the 34, uh, 34 blacklisted addresses? Yeah, Kyle, you go, man. You go. Well, I was going to say it kind of speaks to their own, um, like, being uneducated about the, the space as a whole. It's like, okay, you ban these 34 wallets. Like, what does that what does that really do? Like, uh, uh, you can't move it. Like, uh, it's just going to move to another place. And, and it just proves to me that they don't know what they're talking about more than anything. I mean, at the same time, though, I, I do want to say they don't know what they're talking about, but they do. There is still the need, unfortunately, when we're, we're you know, BTC, Benny, all these guys who set up this tally coin thing. Um, we value our wealth in Bitcoin. Some of the people that were or most, probably all the people who are getting this, you know, they they're thinking in the fiat mindset still where they need to 
they're getting this gift that they need to turn into quote unquote money to be able to spend for their expenses. And I, I, you know, the next time around, uh, who knows how soon it will happen when, when there's a, a worthy fundraiser out there, I I hope the people, I hope it's understood. Like you got to create the circular economy. You gotta, you gotta find people that are willing to take your Bitcoin uh, in this situation. And there are more and more people that are, that are willing to do it. And, and then you don't have to worry about blacklisting and all, all this other nonsense. You know, exchanges aren't allowed to turn Bitcoin from this address in, in, into fiat. You won't have to worry about that. Uh, and uh, yeah, anyway, I just, uh, I, that's, that's why I, I bring up the story. I think it's, it could scare a lot of people off when they hear about blacklisting and stuff. But for mm. me, it's, yeah. it, it's no biggie. Uh, I was going to say that, um, yeah, I mean, you're totally right about the about the P2P economy is the key here because fiat is the choke point. And I think the most important thing is really that lawyers accept Bitcoin, because if lawyers accept Bitcoin, then you effectively have like a very, very um, unstoppable, you know, place to fund your legal defense. Um, and then a lot of the other stuff like. Honestly, like when I when when you think P to P and the truckers, like you should be thinking of like people walking into the convoy area with stuff and giving it to them, you know, giving them cash, giving them gas, giving them food. So like that is like the nature of how P to P this thing is. And like I think, you know, between Bitcoin and just people like donating stuff directly to the truckers, it's a it's a big deal. I mean, there's there's some issues they've run into into how do they, how are they going to physically distri- distribute all all the Bitcoin that they raised? They raised over twenty two Bitcoin for these dudes. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- there's different ways of setting this up in the future, where each individual trucker already has an address. Uh, uh, there's, there's lessons to be learned here. Definitely lessons to be learned. Sam, any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to say. I mean, I think we learned a lot about you know gifting Bitcoin has always been kind of a tricky endeavor. Um, you know, in terms of like the the key management and everything. Um, And so I think this really shined a light on Bitcoiners, like um, what we can learn from this of how to improve uh, privacy tools and how to donate sats to a cause that we care about. Um, Because right now it's getting like a little bit held up, even though that the addresses can be moved by the people who own the keys. um, They are blacklisted right now. And we have to figure out a way to get that down to the people who actually are supposed to be the recipients of those funds. Um, so I think it's a learning lesson for, for Bitcoin just as much as a uh, kind of a showing the world what this network can do when mm. everything else can be easily censored. So it's kind of like pros and cons. Um, and I think it's all just kind of a good thing as long as we learn lessons from it and, and improve our um, own development on our side. I, there's some people who are like, let's give all the truckers paper wallets. Dude, that is not going to yeah. work. It's just not going to yeah. work. It's hard. It's there's a learning curve yeah like handling this stuff like these truckers probably you know how many of them understand bitcoin and let alone handling keys and all this stuff so the uh, thing is is that soon soon they will like and this is this is something that is like you know really forcing them to dive into it in mass so growing pains growing pains exactly like once there's a p2p economy once people actually can value bitcoin hold bitcoin like all of a sudden this becomes really hard all right we will we're gonna good luck to everybody in canada i mean the situation continues to go on uh it's it's i think it is the biggest bitcoin story of the year so far definitely that uh people understand what unconfiscatable uncensorable and permissionless mean those those who are paying attention at least uh, we'll understand that. Hey, I want to say there's a lot of dudes in the chat right now. Johnny Midas, you got to contact me. Uh, you know, email me, DM me, or something like. I got something for you. I got I got some interesting. And dudes, if you support the show, ask a question, do a super chat. I'll answer. We'll answer your questions. Uh, we only need a few more dollars to have another one Bitcoin show next week. I rate. I, there's a certain amount of money that has to be raised for me to do a show. We're almost there, like thirty some dollars away. All right, let's. Uh, Let's move to the next uh, subject matter here. Well, first of all, I wanted to read the inspirational tweet, a tweet from uh, Michael uh, Krieger, Liberty Blitzkrieg, uh, a, a big Bitcoin fan out in Colorado. It's really, it really does feel like Bitcoin is on the precipice of taking over the culture. <laughs> and I gotta say, um, I think in a sense he's he's onto something. Bitcoin is mentioned more and more 
every day, it's mostly by haters, I, I got to say, you know, oh, it kills the environment. It's used by terrorists and everything. But that still is pretty culture altering right there. Uh, so th th this is going to be a very interesting year uh, for, for, for mainstream culture and Bitcoin jumping in. I don't know if we're all going to be pleased because I, I think it's going to get a there's a lot of screaming Karens out there that are very loud that are going to, you know, take this uh, terrorist environmental narrative to like a whole nother level. But as I've told, just have a strong hand, you know, be notorious BTC, whatever I've been, I've, I've heard, I've seen a lot. It all comes and goes. I've seen it all, but, but get ready. But again, it is, there's, there's, there's something out there. I don't know if you guys agree. Uh, you know, it, 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 take, taking over the culture maybe is, I mean, too positive of a spin on it, but it seems like something's about to erupt here in, in terms of, of Bitcoin and mainstream culture. So um, just wanted to throw that one out there if anyone's got anything to say. Uh, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I'm in college at the University of Alabama. I'm hearing about it every day, no matter what I'm doing. My textbook, actually, my finance textbook for my five, uh, finance 414 senior investments class on the front cover is a Bitcoin symbol. And I just, I could not even believe that. Uh, I almost tweeted it to David Bailey because he, he graduated from the University of Alabama and we interviewed him uh, on our podcast. But like he was talking about how when he was in school uh, and was talking about Bitcoin, everybody was just like, you're insane. This makes no sense. Like go find somebody else to talk to about it. And now you can't walk through the halls or, or have a conversation without hearing something about crypto or NFTs, the Super Bowl, the Coinbase commercial or anything else. So I really couldn't agree more. I mean, the, the level of adoption is like increasing. The, the adoption curve, the rate is increasing. It's, it's on textbooks now. <laughs> yeah, I have you, a picture. Kyle, you should, you should tweet it out and tag David Bailey. Um, yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, no reason why David Bailey can't get you into the, the Bitcoin conference too, man. <laughs> well, funny enough, uh, an insider. <laughs> this is yeah. great this is good stuff here best guess in the space connections being made all right let's uh let's move on to something that's uh being in the news this was a this is freaky man this this El that some of our senators care this much about el salvador el salvador's bitcoin adoption may pose risk to the united states financial system uh senators have introduced a bill that asked the State Department to review El Salvador's Bitcoin law and develop a plan to mitigate potential risk. Okay, so <laughs> we, we've, we've got these, I mean, these congressmen, they're Republican, I mean, the senators that are proposing this bill are, are not just Democrats, they're not just Republicans. One's from Louisiana, one's from Idaho. Uh, I forgot where the other one's from, uh, this, somewhere out east. But, but, but the point is, is that they're doing this because they think that this little teeny country out there it's a way for it to get around uh, sanctions, and it's a way – they're worried about the United States dollar's uh, dominance in the world. Is that what our senators should be worried about? I mean this is – this. it just – it seems like a, it's too far. They, they're, they're thinking about a law that uh, – against El Salvador basically. And uh, dude, what, what our leaders and some of our leaders are thinking about is like – Let's 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 make a Bitcoin legal tender here in the United States. Let's this increases jobs. This increases productivity. This increases a creativity. Uh, the, but no, they're, they're thinking about stifling and destruction and loss of power. And I mean, this is uh, it's typical uh, of bureaucrats. It's it's typical of the government. And that's why the, the the underlying theme through this show for this week in Bitcoin has just been government intervention. But uh who, who wants to start here on – we'll start with Christian. What, what's your take on uh, – I mean, there was a funny uh, tweet from uh, the El Presidente too, uh, calling uh, the, them boomers and everything, that they shouldn't be interfering in uh, El Salvador's uh, personal business in, in, in their uh, – Yeah. Yeah. So – I mean, again, uh, this is predictable. Like, why did we invade uh, Iraq? Alex Gladstein would say because we're trying to protect the euro or the the petrodollar system. So um, you know, us trying to protect the dollar is part of our what we do internationally. So I'm not surprised. With that being said, like they're totally right. You know, and the the the, the good thing that comes with El Salvador adopting Bitcoin is that they no longer have to answer to dollar um, institutions, right? 
they get off the dollar system, just like, you know, Canadian truckers need to get off the Canadian dollar system. So that's happening on a nation state level. And, uh, you know, sorry, sorry, US, but we don't have to answer to you anymore because we're on Bitcoin now. And it's badass to see, uh, you know, El Salvador gain sovereignty because they adopted Bitcoin. Yes, that is that's a very nice way, a positive way of putting it. They gain something instead of phrasing it in this way that it risks uh, to the United States financial system that we're going to lose something because of this. I, I don't I don't think it's we'll still have the United States dollar. We can, you know, as individual citizens, we can still buy Bitcoin and everything like that. It is a threat to the, the way the United States sanctions other other countries. Uh, that, that, that's 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 what it is. But I mean, still, I think they're making there's better things to worry about. <laughs> de- de- what de- what de- are they going to do? Yeah, that's my question is like, w- yeah. what is actually the worst case scenario? Like, they're not going to invade El Salvador for it. But like what I mean, sanctions against their imported goods, like what what are the things that, that the government could do to like make El Salvador, you know, a living hell? Like, is there anything that they could do? I think um, like I think this is about the IMF and which is just an extension of the U.S. because the U.S. has the most voting power within the IMF. And this totally, um, you know, takes power away from them. And what the IMF can do is withhold $1.4 billion in loans that are coming in. And that's mm. what they could really hurt El Salvador with right now. And it's complete. It's, it's, it's bogus, man, because, you know, they justify these, these, they don't have authority to say anything about El Salvador. That's what President Bukele is saying, which is completely true. And so there's an outside foreign organization that's telling a sovereign nation how to manage its macroeconomic policies, which is just wrong. And that's what the IMF has been doing for way, way too long. And they justify it by saying it's going to bring about money laundering. It's going to bring all this stuff. But they have AML KYC laws that do not stop any kind of money laundering. Because what this is actually about is what CK was saying about they won't be able to push U.S. interests and control their policies anymore if they go into a Bitcoin standard. And so this is what it's all about. This is why they're, they're writing this now. And they're afraid that other countries are going to do the same thing that El Salvador does. Bigger countries like Brazil, Turkey, and that this just starts Russia. falling over. Right. Russia, right? Uh, Ukraine, Ukraine uh, legalized it today. So you know this See, is happening. This is what I don't like it or not. That's yeah. what I don't understand though is that like the reserve currency in a lot of ways can be an attack vector against the United States as used by uh, people like Russia or China or or any other country. I mean. Obviously, it's, it, there's a lot of power that you hold from being the reserve currency, but it is in a lot of ways an attack vector, uh, at least as far as I understand it. Do you think that's true or no? I think that's 100 percent true that you're seeing that with China right now. They basically, you know, get all the cash and then they used to buy treasuries with it. But now they use it to buy hard assets. That's kind of what Lynn Alden always talks about. And so the dollar system is actually used against the U.S. at this point, mm. which is kind of unique or kind of ironic because they're trying to hold on to this system that we're actually being hurt by essentially by having the reserve currency so this like exorbitant privilege of having the reserve currency it's kind of fading over time but it, it needs to fade over time just because like otherwise if it fades immediately things are gonna turn really sour here because people are gonna realize how how much shit we got just because we printed dollars I don't think like people yeah. really understand like how nice lifestyle is in the U.S. because of the Cantillon effect. What is that? The Cantillon effect? I don't know what that is. Or I've heard of it, but I, I don't. The, the closer you are to the money printer, uh, the yeah, more yeah. benefit you get. Okay. So like if you earn dollars, you like you're by nature already better off than if you earn something else that trades against the dollar. Yeah, and that makes sense. It's like the banking system is the closest thing to the money printer and like the New York Fed, you know, like the, the way that money gets printed is just straight into the banking system. And they're the ones that are winning. Now, what do you guys think about, I mean, the, the president of El Salvador, I mean, he's not pulling any punches. I, I'm kind of amazed by some of his tweets at this point. I mean, he's he's straight up calling them boomers and, and, and everything. <laughs> I, I I never would have envisioned a few years ago that there'd be a, a leader, a, even though it's a small nation, just speaking in this way on Twitter. It, it, I mean, maybe, I mean, I guess it started when he adopted Bitcoin too. Yeah. 
given power, you know? Uh, what do the people of El Salvador think? I don't know. It's a mixed bag. Yeah. Probably most of them aren't even on Twitter anyway to know what the heck he's darn saying. <laughs> the Chiba wallet sucks. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I've been told too. Well, this is a, a very interesting situation. You United States meddling in El Salvador's business. It will be interesting to see the next the next country that uh, pops its head up and, and starts acting this way. Uh, it'll be that much uh, harder for the uh, those who want to contain this uh, situation to contain this situation. So, uh, well, no. Well, I was just gonna say, like, I feel like we shouldn't be surprised because this is what happens when the U.S. has um, abused that privilege and weaponized the dollar against these countries. And and now they're saying, you know, wait, this is an alternative where I don't have to suffer from sanctions and get cut off a SWIFT. Or if I don't apply or comply with AML KYC laws and I don't have to pay all these fines, um, I can just use this alternative monetary system. So I don't think the U.S. should be really surprised by what's happening here, especially when they look at like Russia's situation. And so I think it's just game theory kind of playing out. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 keep it in the U.S. here. Let's talk about Warren Davidson re- real quick. He's a he actually was was he he was there last year in Miami, wasn't he, Christian? He was, yes, sir. Well, he was there. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I actually shook his yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely was there. Uh, all right, so uh, he's got the this people guy. that you meet at the Bitcoin conference. It's unreal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He was just walking around, and I, I shook his hand when he was walking around. But I'm, I'm thinking he spoke also. She spoke. Um, she, he was on stage, and uh, what's her face from uh, Wyoming was on Cynthia stage. Cynthia Lomas. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so let's go to him because he, he's definitely. He sees what's going on in Canada, perhaps, and uh, wants to get a ahead of the his. There are many authoritarians in in the Congress who would uh, love to go the way of Canada, and you know, take us down a road where it would be illegal uh, to own Bitcoin, uh, to, to to own it a, a personal storage device. They, you know, if you you can own it at a third party, you know, a registered third party. So um, he says, if passed, the KYC bill. And it's called the. It doesn't stand for know your customer. It's it stands for uh, something else here. Uh, keep your coins. Keep your coins. My bad. It's just keep your coins. It passed. Keep your coins. Bill will protect the ability to act as a self custodian and conduct peer to peer transactions. All right, this is good. I I I like that. It it's sad that it has to come to this. That we we have to worry about someone creating another law where it's illegal to, to do such things. But uh, yeah, to preserve the role of the dollar at, Oh no, sorry. That, that's a, that's another one there. Sorry. I was got, got confused. So, all right. Who wants to speak? Uh, Kyle, your, your take on uh, Warren Davidson. Yeah. First of all, shout out to my boy, David Zell, who wrote the article. He's doing great work at the Bitcoin advocacy group. Um, and I mean, like you said, like, it's just sad to me that this is even something that needs to be like communicated via a law like I, I need i need the government to tell me whether or not i can hold my gold no i mean i i just it's shocking to me uh, but it's also a good thing right because if if this is passed then we know that they can't change it i guess but um i don't know i i'm i'm happy about it and the same time I'm sad about it yeah uh sam um kind of similar sentiment honestly i think it, it it reminds me of this like talk Nick Newman of Casa gave like a couple months ago. And he's like, we are kind of like slowly losing that battle of Bitcoin being held in centralized custodians versus, you know, in self custody. And if um, it's really important, obviously, for a lot of different reasons that people hold their own keys. And so at Swan, you know, we're obviously like a KYC custodian, but we, we have with free withdrawals and we teach all our customers about self custody. Um, and try to uh, encourage it as much as we can, right? And I just think it's really important um, as a community as we can continue to push the self-custody because you can see the reason that this law was even written is because there's an opposition on the other side that's that's thinking about, like, how do we stop this from happening, right? And so, you know, I think, again, it just seems to me like a wake-up call. um, But on what grounds other than diminishing freedom? I mean, I just don't understand what, yeah, the, what mean, the opposition can say as like the, the what their um, stance is or what ground they can stand on. Safety. 
protection of little old babies. Money laundering. It's always money laundering, man. <laughs> right. Well, so, something that, that you that buy, money laundering. <laughs> it's safety has worked so well the last two years. They say it's for your own good. You got to do this. You got to stay home for safety. safety. It's always going to be safety. It works like a charm freaking every time. man. It's I want to talk about this book. So yeah, um, Sovereign Individual kind of talks about like states are organizations and by nature they just need to keep growing. And we're just getting to that point where it's a huge behemoth. And it just every time it grows, it grows a lot comparatively to everything else at this point. So, um, you know, I think that the it's awesome to have so many bitcoin politicians starting to emerge and like really be proactive about trying to protect bitcoin i think the us is going to be one of the best places to protect bitcoin and then ship bitcoin abroad um so i'm i'm bullish on the us and i'm bullish on uh bitcoiners you know really infiltrating into the 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 system here as much as possible i mean obviously there's going to be counterforces but um, you know, this is a system that is, you know, workable still uh, comparatively to the rest of the world. So uh, if there's going to be a place that has rule of law that enables uh, freedom of speech and uh, Bitcoin to peripherally, I think the U.S. is one of the best places. And speaking of U.S. Pol- politicians, uh, how many are you expecting this year at the Miami event? Man, a lot. Um, I mean, we have President Bukele, we have Cynthia Lummis. Um, I, I know there's a handful more. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of blinking out. Uh, we have Joe Jurgensen, who is the leader of the Libertarian Party. Um, so there's a. I know there's a lot of Bitcoiners yeah, and uh, politicians. Is, is she is she speaking? Is she going to be speaking? She will be speaking. Yeah, she's quite a character. Very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. I don't know that much about her, but um, yes. you know, uh, Francis Suarez, uh, the mayor of Miami, will be involved, of course. So um, it's going to be a big affair, and you know, more speakers will be announced, and you can you can check out the list uh, right now on our site. All right. Well, I want I want to go back to now. Here's a guy who will not be there. United States Senate Bank. I, I don't think he will. If he didn't say Banking co- uh, Committee Chief Sherrod Brown was not impressed by the uh, Super Bowl ads, and he blasted the ad makers for not including appropriate warnings and risks involved. All right. Um, what is up with this dude? He he is also from. He's a senator from Ohio. Uh, they, they, we were talking about a, a congressman from Ohio, uh, just talk, with with the uh, with the act that we were just talking about. But this guy, Sherrod Brown, what, what's what's up his tuchless here, man? He's we got these, and we'll talk about the Super Bowl commercials. But the first thing that comes to his freaking mind is that that there weren't appropriate war. You know, the, this is a big loss that these guys are even advertising. What is going on here? I mean. What is up with this dude? Do you guys, uh, you guys, I don't know if you guys watched this. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Okay. I didn't watch the darn ads. We'll talk about it. it, it, it I mean, I, I think that there were that the Super Bowl ads for so many that were for uh, cryptocurrency and whatnot. It's, it's good. It's good for Bitcoin. It's waking up people. So I, I see it as, as a positive here, but here we got a guy that sees it as a total, uh, uh it's going to, more people are going to be tricked in the Bitcoin because there were not warnings. Uh, so what is, uh, whose turn is it here? Kyle. Um, yeah, I, I thought the commercials were good. I, I don't understand his point about advertising a currency because that's not what they're doing. They're not advertising a currency. They're advertising their exchanges, Coinbase, FTX, et cetera. It's not an advertisement for Bitcoin. It's an advertisement to use the services of an, this American company that, by the way, that Coin, in Coinbase's case, is listed on the stock exchange. Like, <laughs> I mean, sure. If, I bet that if you went to that QR code, the one that blew up the internet or whatever, like Coinbase's big ad, there's probably warnings somewhere on there. There's probably a whole terms and conditions sheet that you have to sign before you can even log in that says all of the warnings about Bitcoin, about um, trading on their platform, et cetera, et cetera. So it seems like baseless to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a way to get into, you know, complain and, impress the screaming Karens, I guess. That's, that, <laughs> I guess that got on their good side. I'll get more votes for, from them. Uh, all right. And, and the, the name that I uh, forgot uh, beforehand, which now I just forgot his name again, the, the dude, the other uh, 
the other guy from Warren Davidson is, is, is a good congressman. You can have all sorts of different people from these uh, states. It's a swing state. All right. Uh, Sam. Ohio's pretty based in general. Yeah. <laughs> Who's pretty based? They allow taxes pretty Ohio much. in general. In general for Bitcoin, they're, they're going in the right direction. But I'll give the mic to Sam. Well, I think Kyle nailed it, really. I mean, he totally nailed that. Um, I would say it's just hysterical because you look at the, like, what, why is he giving a warning? Is it the volatility? And then you have Facebook dropping like 20%. Like, what are you even talking about? It's just, it's a, it's a clown market in a clown world. And he's just saying how Bitcoin itself needs a warning symbol. It's just, it's hysterical. It's nonsensical. Um, in terms of the commercials, you know, obviously I wish that like I thought the FTX commercial, like I'm a, a big Larry David fan, so I liked it. But at the end, if it just said Bitcoin instead of crypto, I would have really liked it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I thought it was kind of like a miss for certain, but it's all good, you know, all good for Bitcoin. I thought the QR code was kind of like a really great ad in terms of just getting people talking about it. And it was pretty unique. Um, but then again, Coinbase just crashed. So like, was that good? I don't know. But it's just kind of hysterical, the whole thing. Coinbase crashing is usually a good sign. There's always <laughs> something well, good. The certainty, from. that's for sure. All right, uh, Christian, your take on this uh, Sherrod Brown, and, and if you uh, like the Super Bowl ads. Uh, so unfortunately, I was uh, flying during the Super Bowl, so I missed it. But I would have loved to watch the Super Bowl ads. I should probably look them back up. But um, I'm pretty sure Coinbase repped Bitcoin pretty hard, which is awesome. I feel like they're, these companies are either repping Bitcoin or they're saying crypto generally. So I think that's pretty in favor of Bitcoin in terms of uh, which brand is actually gaining gaining steam. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think it, it's good for Bitcoin. So like this is where the money is. Bitcoin is the epicenter of our culture. I think like Bitcoin's a household name. It's becoming more and more relevant, even in the West. You know, people are seeing Canada. People are seeing you know, what's happening. The Bitcoin conference is bigger than ever. You know, this is, it's just, we're seeing it snowball. And I think, uh, you know, this guy can cry about it, but uh, he's probably going to get replaced by a more based uh, person in Ohio because uh, there's Republicans and Democrats running for Congress uh, in Ohio that like Bitcoin. So. Well, it's, it was a big, it was a big mainstream moment for Bitcoin that, that, that there were these uh, Super Bowl commercials uh, sure. it's, it, you bring it back to 2016. This was only a dream to have, uh, tons of, uh, lots of Super Bowl commercials that involve Bitcoin or cryptocurrency or, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame we have to talk about politics so much on the show. It really is. These guys are, so, they're all horrible. It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's terrible. They, they, they interfere so much. It, it does bring me back to the original lot. Uh, we were talking about, uh, if they're going to be able to pull off a Fed coin, I, I just I don't know which of you brought it up, but these these bureaucracies are so inefficient. Um, you know, some of their threats are kind of empty. I don't even know if they could even pull off some of the threats that they that they dream of doing because they do not fully understand what this even is. So uh, let let them run around like little mice in circles and scream and, and try to do something but fail. That's that's an okay scenario, I guess. Uh, I. I one one thing that I wasn't planning on talking about, but we got a little bit of time here. BlockFi SEC settlement. Um, they're going to pay a hundred million dollar penalty um, for for what they did. Uh, do any of you have thoughts on that, or even even know what I'm talking about there? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you know, Biden's supposed to come out next week with something, and, and I think it's related to these interest-bearing accounts and stable coins. So to go along with CK's kind of thesis, you know, I, I think Bitcoin's under their radar. I think they're just focused on stable coins and these interest-bearing accounts that are basically, you know, acting like money market funds and which require banking charter. So it's not really surprising to me that they were fined, and it, I, I'm hesitant to say it provides regulatory clarity because I think next week we're going to get some real regulatory clarity or i think that's what they said biden was going to come out with something so um i think it just makes sense that they were fine because even being a bitcoiner it looks like a money market fund and um it's just not really surprising to me i guess yeah well the cool thing that you bring up there these uh stable coins are, and these third parties that play all these games they can be shields for bitcoin the uh 
the bureaucrats say, oh, look, we, we got rid of these people. And, and it's a bad thing for Bitcoin, even though it had nothing to do with Bitcoin. Uh, all right, uh, Kyle, your, your take on that. I honestly don't know much about it. Uh, I don't know what the lawsuit uh, entails or, or, or what they are saying that they did. Uh, so I just I don't have anything right. really to say about it. Christian, did you have any thoughts on it? All right. Yeah, and I'll jump in. Uh, yeah, again, like uh, the SEC is really concerned about kind of stamping out what they can enforce against. And, uh, you know, this is a low hanging fruit. I think like what Alec, uh, Adam said that, you know, this is a, a shield for Bitcoin. I think that two things are happening here. We have Bitcoin, which is anti-fragile. And then we have, you know, the Hydra of shit, which is, you know, stable coin products, uh, shit coins, shit coin trading, all this stuff that, I, you know, I shouldn't be, you know, referring to in that way on the show. But, um, you know, this stuff is hard to to clamp down on. And it takes real bandwidth from the SEC. Like the SEC can't just wave a magic wand and say, stop. So, you know, the easiest people for them to go after are, you know, uh, these these interest providers and all this kind of stuff that are actually like registered companies in the U.S. Um, you know, how many ICOs ha- are, you know, have people got away with? I, I still don't know. So, um, so it's a lot. Yeah. All, all right. Well, Christian, you got to get out of here pretty soon. I want you. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the uh, awesome event coming up in April 6th to 9th in Miami. But you're going to actually be in Sacramento beforehand uh, with the yes, Bitcoin Day guys. And I'm going to be in Oklahoma City with them. You might not know that, but they're uh, awesome. Yeah, the Bitcoin date. So tell us what you're doing. Tell us about Sacramento. Tell us about Bitcoin Magazine, anything. Yeah, no. So uh, Bitcoin Magazine, we're about to release our next print magazine. Uh, obviously, we're putting on the Bitcoin conference. So April 6th through the 9th, you've heard about it plenty on the show. So check that out. Um, and Bitcoin Day, that is this weekend in Sacramento. So if you are in California, Come to Sacramento. Uh, it's just Saturday. Uh, use promo code BTC Mag for uh, $50 savings. And I'm going to be giving two talks. Uh, so it uh, should be a good time. Really excited for it. And Bitcoin Day in general, they have like seven events planned across the country uh, this year in 2022. Bitcoin Magazine is sponsoring them just because we love what they're doing so much. Uh, and, you know, real hardcore Bitcoin content. Um, you know, it's really what they're going for is like kind of like a super meetup, a one day conference type thing. So a lot smaller than the Bitcoin conference, but, you know, a really great time. And yeah, really recommend uh, checking out BitcoinDay.io in general. Yeah. So it is linked to below, specifically the Oklahoma City one, which I'm going to be at on uh, the what's that, March 26th. So I, I really like I really like what they're doing. Also, obviously, I'm part of it so uh yeah cool any anything uh anything else going on christian anything uh, you, uh final thoughts any stories that were left off since you got a um i agree with adam that you know what's happening in canada is the most important thing in bitcoin today right now um i think that it's turning into a global movement uh and it's showing people power in the face of a lot of um, totalitarianism that we've been witnessing the last uh, two years. So uh, you love to see it. And uh, I think that a big part of it is educating people about Bitcoin. So uh, I think Bitcoin stands a lot to gain from it. All right, cool. All three of these dudes are linked to below. So follow Christian and all these dudes. Thank you much. I know you got to get out of here, but we'll talk now to Sam to tell tell us what you're doing at Swan or any stories you want to bring up. Any, any, anything. The floor is yours. Well, man, I, I agree with CK. You know, I think education is key here. I think that's how we get the next, you know, 10 million true Bitcoiners who not only own it, but understand it. Um, and so recently, Swan, uh, something I worked closely with, we released the Bitcoin Canon, which is basically just curated rabbit holes by Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. You know, a lot of Bitcoin educational resources were grassroots from the ground up from, you know, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos. I spent a lot of time archiving and collecting all of the Bitcoin content in history. And we are just trying to make it an easy one-stop shop so people could easily learn about Bitcoin specific topics. Um, so like I did one on quantum computing. So all of it's right in that rabbit hole, easily shareable. So if somebody says, hey, Bitcoin's bad for the environment, you can just share them a rabbit hole. So it's called the Bitcoin Canon. If people want to go check it out, we released it yesterday and something that I'm really proud of. Dude, that is awesome. Make it organizing everything. Just there's, there's been, I've seen so much 
over these last almost 10 years or whatever, however long yeah. I've been in so much content and it's good to get it all organized. For those of you interested, you can see all 2,050 of the videos I've been involved in at discomeister.com. And you can see how this thing has progressed. See how happy I was when Bitcoin got to $3,000 or when it got back to its all-time high of $1,200. All, all sorts of fun things in the archives. Disruptmeister.com. Yeah. What a freaking ride it's been. And I'm glad you're chronicling that freaking ride over there. And uh, there's, there's, it's been an impressive history. People should know their history. So few people know, you know, so, so few people in the space today. And it's not their fault. They're new. They just came in the last two years. They have no idea. And they get freaked out. They have weak hands because they don't know that, you know, similar stuff has happened before. You don't, you know, when it drops yeah. in price, it comes back. I'm oh, sorry. Keep going. I like to, no, I just like to resurface like OGs, like you guys too. Like uh, when somebody's a newcomer in 2021, they might not know about an awesome blog post in 2015. So trying to like resurface really good old content, get old Bitcoiners, older Bitcoiners uh, work out in front of new eyeballs. Like that's part of what drove me to make this too. Dude, it's so awesome that you basically just called Christian an OG. And <laughs> the funny thing is now that he's off air and I've done this. I was calling you an OG, brother. I know, but you called both of both of us. You said OG, you said it plurally. So I know you meant both oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm a bigger, I'm definitely... I'm going to tell you a little story about Christian. And I've told this story before. And those of you could go to the archives in January of 2018. I met Christian in person for the first time in South San Francisco. There was a huge crypto conference there. Okay. They were, oh, it was ICO mania back then. And Christian had, he was just a regular dude. He was a regular freaking kid back then. He didn't work for anybody. He wanted to meet me. We hung out and everything. It was his a first appearance ever. On a, on a Bitcoin show, we did it live from there. You can see him as a little cute little kid there in 2018. You should put that in your freaking archives, okay? Yeah, right, I'll get that. I gave him all the credit in the world because he was in motion. He got the jobs, and he's a big-time Bitcoin. Everybody knows who Christian freaking is now. But you can see his first appearance. Everybody, go to DisruptMeister.com, January of – early January of 2018 in South San Francisco. It's pretty funny stuff, him and me. Uh, out there, but over time, everybody becomes an OG. When I when I got in in 2013, I was like, oh man, I'm kind of new here. And, uh, you know, these people have been around since 2011, and now I'm like the great 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 grandfather of this. <laughs> I mean, so few, so few people have been around since 2013 that are still vocal at, at this. Yeah, point. you stuck around. That's that's great. I, mean, I, I had a, I've got conviction. It's not just a saying, baby. It is a freaking lifestyle. All right, so let's uh, let's get. So we're talking about 2013. Back in Kyle was just in a uh, middle school back then. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's, seriously, this dude Kyle's like born around the turn of the millennium, freaking. So, what are your final thoughts? What are you up to, Kyle? I talk talk about your your freaking awesome show that you're doing. The perspective you you've got the 2000s perspective on this man. Uh, the really really young dude perspective, which is a really important perspective to get, is. You're, you're, you're the super future. So take it over, Kyle. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm 22, born January 6, 2000. So six, six days after the turn of the century. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a college student at the University of Alabama. I run a podcast called The Lewis and Kyle Show. Me and my buddy Lewis interview really incredible people and publish roughly one episode a week. Sometimes we miss, sometimes we don't, you know. Uh, but we're, we're closing in on episode 100 and we've done um, just like really incredible people. It's been a, a very rewarding experience for him and I. Um, and yeah, I would say one last thing would be, you know, I, I sort of, I, I've known about Bitcoin for a long time, but our, our podcast with Guy Swan, Crypto Economy, um, was something that really, really blew my mind because I, I asked him about, um, I don't remember how I framed the question, but I asked him about, you know, all these different problems, healthcare, blah, 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 just sort of went down a laundry list. And he was like, you're talking about the leaves of the tree and the trunk of the tree, the roots of the tree is the money. And that's what you have to realize. And, and sound money is, is extremely important for not only the sake of, uh, of transferring, you know, dollars from me to Sam or me to me to Adam, sorry, Bitcoin, um, you know, it, it, it's much deeper than that. And the problems that, that sound money can solve are much deeper than that. Um, and, and I think that it's important to remember um, the humanity aspect of all of it. All right. Well, it, 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 well the, the tree of life, 
Very good. Uh, uh, Guy Swan is a smart dude, man, bringing all, all that uh, together there. It's all interconnected. All right, guests. Best freaking guest in the space. Thank you for your time, loyal uh, watchers of the show. Pound that like button. I usually say Shabbat Shalom, but usually it's a Friday, but it's a Thursday. Tomorrow I am driving to freaking Farmington, New Mexico, uh, on my way to eventually be in Las Vegas, of course, for Unconfiscatable on March 3rd to 6th. I, I hope to see some of you, a lot of you guys there at Tone's event. We'll, we'll keep on talking about that. But again, dudes, if you're watching this tape, pound that, that like button. Have a great weekend. Shabbat Shalom anyway. And uh, thanks a lot. See you guys uh, next week. Thanks. Pound it. Later, guys. All right. Hang on. Let me uh, let me end it on uh, our end. And...